You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast. This is an excellent podcast from start to finish. Excellent. I don't. I, I like I told you guys before. I do record a lot of these phone consults that I have, and most of them, eh, some of them go up, some of them don't. This is an excellent one uh, from start to finish. It's be it's definitely a lot of behavioral talk, but it's something that everybody's struggling with. It's because you don't know how to get out of your own way, Tom. I'm struggling with this with my dog. And I don't know why I'm continuing to struggle. This is a dog owner who is struggling with something you guys are all probably struggling with. Overexcitement at the door when people come in, resource guarding, going after people when they come in, not having any control. And as you guys know, it's a bigger picture of behavior and relationship versus just singular training and and granular training, although we do talk about all these things. And so I think you guys are going to take a lot away from this particular podcast. So I appreciate you guys very, very much. Just so you guys know, there's a couple things that we have going on as far as offerings for services that are new, and I wanted to tell you guys here on the podcast. First thing is, anytime that you guys hear this podcast of me talking to a client, it's a one-on-one consult with me. So you can book these through my website. So some people may be thinking, I want to ask Tom these questions as well, or I'm having problems. You could do that. Secondly, we have opened up my online training academy, which I've You've been kind of hush-hush about it, not super hush, but like basically what it is is a 30-day and a 90-day program. So you're able to send me all the clips of you working with your dog, and I'm able to actually go on there and send a video back of explaining the mistakes that you're making and the things that you need to do to optimize. And then we have a live group chat as well every week on, on Wednesdays. It's very, very easy. It's very, very effective as we talked about in this podcast because if you don't know what you're doing wrong or if you think you're doing the right things, you hear a video, you see me doing these things, you see other trainers talking about these things, you're like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. There's a great chance that A, you're doing the wrong thing because what you thought about your dog isn't real or B, and or B, you're doing it wrong. And that's very, very common. I mean, that's just what teaching is, guys. Like, think about you watching a video of, on YouTube on how to do something or hearing a podcast of how to do something, right? And then you go out and you try to do it and you're like, ah, it's just not the same. It's because you're just not, you need a coach to help you through it. Uh, super low cost, super effective. Um, it's a 30-day or 90-day program. That's there. That's going to be in the description as well. And then we have my shadow program. If you're a dog trainer that wants to level up your game, <clears throat> get more information on how to grow your business or work with clients, we finally are offering a shadow program at my Upstate Canine Academy where you're going to come in and have a very in-depth, behind-the-scene look at my business and what I do. So you're going to walk through the process of me working with clients from consulting to homework of them leaving, getting into group class. This is something that people come all over the world world for, sometimes mostly the country. But anyway, 
uh, they come in and they travel quite a bit and they work with me and you're going to see behind the scenes of that and you're going to be able to have Q and A's in between and we're going to do lunch after. And so we're going to do everything from me looking at your social medias to see how you can improve on educating and growing your brand, everything from branding, everything from being a better dog handler. So it's good for people who have been in the industry for a long period of time, or you're just starting. So you guys can click the link below as well on how to inquire about that. We have some dates coming up in February. We're not doing it every month. We're just selecting certain times where I'm in the area actually uh, training at the at the UCA and that's going to be really helpful and again super low cost considering how much dog training school is and you're actually working with somebody who also um, you know does it right so there's a lot of dog training camps out there or dog training schools that say like how to grow your business and how to be a better dog trainer and how to grow six figures and these people don't do it themselves they're just coaches um, not that they're not good not that they're not bad I don't know I just see these ads all the time but I'm actually somebody who's been doing that now for over a decade. So I know that I have skin in the game and I know that I've actually done it. I was homeless and now I'm traveling the world, educating people with dogs as a living. So I'm going to start teaching you guys if you're interested, very low cost to the beginning. It's something I'm probably going to retire on and just teach dog trainers. I'm just not at that point even close. I want to continue to help dog owners, but right now it's basically next to nothing compared to what it's going to be in the future at our school. So uh, all that information is in below. At the end of the podcast, I'm going to be answering your dog training questions. So if you're listening to this and you just want a question, or if you enjoy this podcast, do me a solid favor and review this over on iTunes. Leave your question in your review, and I'll answer it next podcast. So we'll talk to you at the end. Enjoy the podcast. So I have a Frenchie who's um, four years old, and I've after like watching a lot of your videos, um, he's re- he's highly reactive. Um, we got him during COVID when like the whole world shut down and he wasn't really exposed to um, to a lot of people coming to the door. And um, he's gotten very protective of particularly me, my husband, and my son. Mm-hmm. And after, um, I think one of your videos you said, you could like correct it in two weeks and this has been going on for like three years. So I'm like, okay, I'm definitely doing something wrong. Um, he has, uh, he has a slip lead collar, um, but not the one that you use with the, um, it's got like that plastic thing on the end of it. Yeah. And the one with the spring loaded tab. Yes. Okay. And, um, we had sent him a couple months ago to um, a board and train for four weeks and they had gotten um, or eliminated most of his other triggers, which were like door charging and being protective in the car. Um, but the, and resource guarding his food, uh, they were using the car I have and just like popping it. But the, the one that's like, that's still remaining is being like resource guarding our family and our house. And it's like, no matter how many times he like basically like clotheslines himself or I pop the leash um, or the collar, it's like he doesn't, it's like almost like he doesn't care. It's like, he's still like charging at people if they touch my son's toys or if they come up to us, like uh, approach our house to like, come inside um so i kind of need help with this (laughs) yeah it sounds like it Mm -hmm. okay so you did the four-week board and train it helped with some of the threshold issues but you're still 
having the resource guardian with your family and and particularly you and uh yes me and my son the most um he's like hit or miss with my husband but uh it definitely me and me and my son if like if someone comes over like we have in-laws that come over every night they touch any of his toys or any of like my stuff my purse he will uh try to like lunge and bark and nip at them okay let's just walk through the scenarios that you're dealing with right now so let's say Mm -hmm. that let's say somebody friends come over to your house and it's you and your son Um, Uh what what does what what's what plays out so your dog starts to lunge and nip at them right so Uh what's what do you do how do you handle that um so I have his um, leash on, and the the collar that I have, and um, I think it now I realize it's probably placed incorrectly. It's probably sits too low on his neck. So you're just um, but you're sorry to interrupt. You're just using the slip, correct? Yes, okay. just using the slip. Got it. And so I'll pop his collar and say no, and then um, I'll put him away in his little exercise pen, um, and he's still. He like calms down, but if you get near it, he'll he'll like perk up, and you see like he'll get alert, and it's just, I guess, um, I would like him to be a part of, like hanging out in the living room and not always having to put him away in like another room, and um, because then he'll bark and he'll uh almost like body slam the exercise pen, um until they leave and then once they leave he's like calm again okay okay so a couple a couple different things that we'll start talking Mm -hmm. about obviously you know my goal whenever i'm working with any dog is to understand the core of the problem that's creating Mm -hmm. the symptom right so when we talk about symptom oh i'm coughing sneezing you know things like that it's like oh it's because you have a cold that's the problem so mm-hmm. when you have these external behaviors or symptoms, it's it's the dog um, doing the things that you don't like. So if we're insecure, if we're nervous, if we're protective, the dog may lunge, bark, snap, bite, etc. Those are the symptoms of a bigger problem. Okay. So that's my that's always my goal uh, is is to try to change that, modify that, correct that help the dog understand the situation differently than what they are perceiving it currently. That's the goal. It's not always obtainable for many reasons. Like there's this, some people will throw out these ideas in dog training and I'm giving you this information because I know you've worked with our trainer, you've done your research. That's why you found me. So I'm just kind of giving you an overrun here of what's going on. So some people just like, Oh, you, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. And it's all said, it's all fun and games, right? When you're, when you're hearing these things like, oh, it's like watching a video of somebody getting beat up. Oh, you should have done this differently. It's like, well, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to do, okay? You know? So so anyway, when you're dealing with dogs, it's very similar. Everything is very uh, subjective in that moment of like, this is what's happening. This is what I have. This is what I'm dealing with. It's not just this easy roadmap from A to B and whatever. So there's that. So I just want to tell you that that's always my goal. It doesn't always go that way. Um, just because some dogs actually don't like other people or some dogs don't like, you know, like for an example, if a dog doesn't like a vacuum cleaner, there's nothing Mm -hmm. I can do or you can do or anybody can do in this world that can change the dog's feelings about the vacuum cleaner. Got it. Okay. Right. We can manage 
what the dog be how the dog behaves. So I, I always tell people that you can't change personality, but you can change behavior. So how okay. the dog behaves around something they don't personally like because of that's who they are is something that you can safely do. You can manage that. Okay. Right. So um, the other thing is oftentimes what I see is very easy changes that the owner can make in order to fix the problem because okay. it's not a real big problem. It's just sometimes owners such as yourself are doing all the wrong things, mm -hmm. but you want change, right? Right. So we'll go over that in a moment, but I just want to give you kind of an outlier or a, an out, outside perspective of the way that I handle things typically and the way that you should be looking at the situation as a whole is, yes, we want to stop the 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 annoying habits, right? You want to stop the barking, the lunging, the nipping, but mm -hmm. you have to understand that you have to, you should be really working on the thing that's causing it. Okay. Oftentimes it's two things with resource guarding. Okay. It's lack of, lack of skill sets. So that, okay. that means lack of control, lack of communication, etc. Okay. So again, let's say, uh, let's pick uh, any pick anything. Let's say you're driving out in the road, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're all over the place. And then I turn and say, "Do you know how to drive?" No. <laughs> okay, <laughs> get out of here. Let me let me get in here, right? So my point is is communication of the very basic task that we want the dog to do. Of my dog is lunging, my dog is barking, my dog is actively doing things. And I would say, "What does your dog know?" And so if if I said, "Hey," I'm going to come into your house. Your dog's in the X pen. When I come in, I want to, I want you to down your dog and just tell them to stay. I'll come in. Your dog is going to bar, 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 hit the fence, hit the fence. You're going to say mm -hmm. the dog's name and you're going to say down. And I could probably guarantee the dog's not going to down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's okay. That's I, nobody other than like, you know, people like myself who trains for a living probably has those skill sets, although I think more people should. So I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to say oftentimes we don't have the skill sets fundamentally to mm -hmm. counter the behaviors we don't like, right? Yeah, so per, an easier example would be, Tom, my dog pulls on the leash. How do I stop it? You can't. Mm -hmm. You're not going to stop a dog from pulling on a leash. They have four legs. We have two. They're animals. They get stimulated. They're inside all day. When they get outside, they want to pull. Everything goes against us when we get our dogs out on the leash because of those reasons. They, they're naturally going to want to pull. So I always tell people, how good is your heel? Like, well, we don't really know heel. I'm like, well, you, that's the skill set that you would need to achieve your dog from stopping the external behavior that you don't like. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, definitely. So you want your dog to stop pulling, you contact a professional or you hire a board and train company to say, hey, my dog's pulling on the leash, I want it to stop. And then we say, well, we can't stop the dog from pulling unless the dog knows heel, right? Or, or recall, per another thing. My dog, Tom, my dog won't come back when called. I don't say, oh, I'll get your dog to come back. I counter with how, how well's your recall? Okay. What's that? Oh, well... Recall is teaching your dog to come back on command. And there's levels to recall, level one, two, and three. There's intermediate and beginner. There's medium and kind of hard. And then there's advanced off-leash work. 
Okay. And so if, if, and I'm giving you these examples because it's going to make sense in a moment. So oftentimes people have these problems with their dogs, but they don't have any skill sets, right? So this is where I come in. So I'm a problem solver slash behavioral expert, right? So I typically only work with behavioral problems. Very rarely does somebody hire me because their dog is pulling, although it happens. It's just usually Mm -hmm. people find me because my work is geared more towards behavior modification, changing a bad behavior Mm -hmm. to good or neutral. So oftentimes there's the problem and solution of you being the problem and solution of the whole thing that you don't like. Okay. Um, so resource guarding can be very tricky because it can be dangerous because um, when specific, specifically with food resource guarding issues, so if you have a dog that has resource guarding with food, it's like the most severe resource guarding that you could deal with, work around or work with because mm-hmm. the underlying primal feelings that the animal has is very real. They're like, if you take this piece of food away from me, I may die. Like that's how they feel sometimes. There's oh, this, wow. there's this instinctual like, and sometimes it's because of past experiences or development. You picked, mm-hmm. hey, oh uh, uh, yeah, I just uh, flew this dog um, from Aruba and Turks and Caicos that live in the street, and now they have resource garden issues. I'm like, yeah, they're a wild dog. They're feral. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they've had to fight their whole life just to get a just to get a meal. Sometimes, you know. So, gotcha. yeah, so there's different levels to resource guarding and the food resource guarding is the, um, I don't want to say hardest, but it's definitely the most dangerous from okay. your standpoint. Resource guarding is one of those things that is, um, it could be dangerous because I basically have to instruct you to risk yourself getting bit. But this isn't the case. It's not really applicable. I'm just telling you there's different levels to resource guarding. So when our dog is resource guarding people, I tend to lean more towards there's a specific reason, right? So again, like what are the, historically, what Mm -hmm. are the, what are the causes of resource guarding with people in my experience has been a lack of leadership, discipline, and clarity, typically, obviously not intentionally. But that's mm-hmm. that's typically like the three things that go into it. And so what that looks like from your point of view is, let's say, like if a dog is protecting a human, like mm-hmm. let's say, um, how old, how old, you said you, your son? Yes, he just turned two. Okay, perfect, perfect example. So let's say your son is two walking out on the play yard and all of a sudden a bigger kid comes running up to your kid. And you don't know this mm-hmm. kid. You're going to step in or your husband's going to step in. or And you can implement anything. A, a dog, uh, a, an adult, uh, another kid, mm-hmm. like whatever. You're going to step in. Why? It's because that's your role. You f- this Your child is what you protect because they're vulnerable and you love them and you care about them and you're protective for those reasons. But mainly it's because... They're vulnerable. They're kids. They're, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. Who, they don't even know what that person's talking about, right? right? So your natural instinct to step in is exactly oftentimes what dogs will do. So I walk, oh, okay. yeah, I walk into the room. Let's say I walk into the room as your friend or family and your dog tries to bite me because you're in the room. So you have to mm-hmm. look at the kind of like the behavior around it of why does my dog feel like that? 
Okay. So if your dog is confident that like, let's say your kid was um, 14, 6'2", and 300 pounds, and another boy walks up and starts to talk to your kid, you're going to be like, oh, great, they're socializing, they're talking, get, get some <laughs> friends, right? It's different. Mm-hmm. They can yeah. hand, they're they're not they're not they're not as vulnerable anymore. It doesn't put them in a vulnerable position. You don't feel the need to run up and go. Is are we good? Are you, who are you? Like what are we doing? Like you don't feel that need, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing if you were to be walking in Manhattan right now with your kid, you're gonna feel and your husband same. You're gonna feel this sense of protectivity of of what you care about, like right? your resource, your the thing that you love, the thing that you know is vulnerable, the thing that you're responsible for. So I'm just giving you the psychology behind these things. Mm-hmm. So same thing with your dog is like if I walk into the room and I literally don't look at you, I don't talk to you, I don't come in your direction, but I just walk through and your dog is like, mm-hmm. like that just indicates that your dog feels a certain way about you or your okay. son or whatever. So they feel like they need to protect. They feel like they need to uh, do these things. Now that's normal. That's not bad. That's my dog does that. That's There's nothing okay. wrong with that. And in fact, the UPS guy just dropped something off and I'm very surprised my dog didn't bark. So oh, yeah. <laughs> so these things are normal, but you have to look at it as an unhealth, like if it is a healthy or is it unhealthy, right? And so if you like invite your, your family and hey, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. And then your dog just comes out and starts mm-hmm. biting people. You also have to take a step back and also look at this in a very big lens of, like what? Let me ask you this: What what makes you feel like it's resource guarding and and not anything else? Is it? Go ahead and answer that. It's I guess it's like solely based on that's what other uh, his other two trainers have told me. So I just went with that. <laughs> um, I've actually never like okay. you know sat back and thought like for myself like oh why doesn't he. Um, because why doesn't he I guess act the way he does because he doesn't do it with uh, my parents Mm. he does it um, he's known them since he's known my parents since he was a puppy but he will literally do it to everybody else um, outside of the house and even my in-laws who come over every day it's like he still doesn't still he's like still very like what are you doing here (laughs) so okay Mm-hmm. The reason the reason why I was asking is because that can very easily and fairly get mistaken for dogs just kind of being jerks, right? They're just like okay, yeah, they're kind of just like. Um, so my point is, is there's like a fine line of like, is it resource guarding or does your dog just not like people who's in their circle? Because that's also common, and that's not uh, okay. Yeah, that's also not the same thing. The way the way you handle it isn't the same, but you'll likely it'll be the same symptom, if you will. I say symptom because gotcha. it just makes more sense to dog owners. Like it's the same external problem that you're seeing. Mm-hmm. There's no difference really, uh, except the intentions and, of course, how you air quotes diagnose or you start uh, unraveling these things. So, just think about that. And I'm not going to tell you which way it is or not because I don't know for sure. But I will tell you that if it's consistent. Like, does it, ha- so if your husband's alone with him, does it happen then? Um, if my like husband's alone with him and like, uh, other people come over. Yeah. And you're not there um, with your son. Uh, no, it doesn't. Not as much. 
mm-hmm. like not as much. Um, but when me and my son are in the picture, it's like he's he's uh, more amped up about it. Sure. Okay. And that's that's fine. That and again, that's normal. And that could that could be more vulnerability. It could be more protectiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not pushing you away to say, hey, this isn't resource guarding because I don't really know. I'm just telling you that sometimes the reason why dog owners just, oh, it's because re- if you're looking up resource guarding and, and you're doing the resource guarding thing, and it's not working. It, it could be because mm-hmm. it's not that. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, okay. and, and then you're like, oh, shit, I've been working on this wrong thing the whole time or I was wrong about what it was or misdiagnosed, if you will. Right. You're not right. going to see results. So anyway, um, the reality is, is. Um, what you have to start doing is create uh, successful pictures for the dog with lots of clarity on what you want and what you what you don't want, and that's okay. really it's that simple when you're dealing with this. Okay, so the most important thing is like let's just say like the easiest way to approach this would be using your so your leash. So you'd have a you'd have a situation. So let's say it's you and your son's just in the house, whatever, Mm -hmm. okay? And it's you and then somebody comes over that he would normally react to, your dog. So there's two things is you have to have skill sets, but then you also have to have like intervention as well. Meaning there has to be, so the difference is, is I, again, I always want to say, hmm, what is the cause of the big problem. Like, what is that? Let me give you an example that's going to make a lot of sense that's very relatable to you that I just did this weekend. Girl came in with a dog. Uh, it was a smaller dog, and sh- the dog was growling. The dog was on the couch, growling at me, shaking, nervous. She's like, This is what my dog does all the time. Goes after anybody, tries to bite people, um, is very, like, very protective over me. If I put my dog down, the dog just whines and tries to get up the whole time, has separation issues, is very insecure, very nervous. And so all these Mm -hmm. problems, like she's like, I can't go anywhere. People can't come over. It's this whole thing, right? And so Mm -hmm. what I did is I immediately went after the problem. I said, look, all these things that you're talking about are external symptoms. These are all the problems, right? But the real reason is, is your relationship, so you haven't developed confidence with your your dog does not have any confidence or self-worth or confidence in themselves because you've not allowed that to happen. You've you've basically anytime that your dog gets nervous, stressed, anxious, or you think that they are, you remove them by picking them up. Yeah. Right? So if <laughs> you know, if we do these we could do these with Frenchies as well, because they're smaller dogs. Mm-hmm. And so picture this. I'm standing, I'm si- I'm sorry, I'm sitting down. I'm sitting across from my client in my out-of-state program. The dog is sitting there shaking, growling at me or, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, this is not healthy. I'm like, I'm literally sitting five feet from you doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And your dog is, it has a problem with that. I go, that's very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It's very unbalanced. It's not good. She's like, yeah, I know that's why I'm here. I'm like, okay. So then we talk about all the other problems. I'm like, okay, this is a relationship problem. So the, so again, the owner and you, are the only thing that can actually change the be- the behaviors, which, which is why the board and train didn't yield the results that you are actually looking for, likely. Okay. Because it got it got got rid of some other stuff, which is great, but it sounds like that was more obedience driven, which is that's what board and trains are great for. But so I said, okay, let's let's go on back and start working. So again, this dog was is used to just being escaping away from situations. Mm-hmm. 
So if this is something that you've done, this is something that you can relate to. So yes, the dog this <laughs> sounds like me and my dog to yeah. T actually. Like if you sat on my couch, he would run up to you and try to nip you. Like even if you did nothing, like yeah, not just good. sitting there. Yeah. Not good, not healthy. And here's the thing is like, I want you to know from a behavioral expert who has devoted my entire existence on planet earth to dog behavior and helping them. You may be looking at it as like, damn, my dog shouldn't bite somebody that sucks. And it does. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm like, man, that's so sad that your dog feels like they have to do that. Like imagine mm -hmm. somebody, you're sitting down having coffee, somebody walks in and you immediately feel like you got to get up and fight that person, like physically fight with them. Like imagine the stress you'd have to go through every day to feel like that. It's, oh, wow. it's, it's, it's overwhelmingly unbearable, right? Like you shouldn't think like that's not normal. That's not healthy. Yeah. See what I'm saying? So for right. me, I'm looking at the bigger picture of like, yeah, you're you're more worried about the external symptoms, but I'm like, this dog's mind is shutting down. Like it's not a dog, it's a shell. It's it's just, I mean, this this is the thing I want you to think about is like the bigger picture is the dog's behavioral state of mind is just off the charts, like not good, right? So if somebody walks and sits down and your dog's like, I have to go bite. So you got to think of like when a dog actively goes to try to bite somebody and actually put their teeth on them, that, mm -hmm. that could, that is very deadly for them because once you start getting bite histories, several of them, then we start talking about behavioral euthanasia and all the, I'm not trying to scare you. You're not at that point. Mm -hmm. I'm just letting you know, like when a dog makes a decision to go up to try to hurt somebody because their lack of a skills or, you know, guided relationship, if you will. It's like deadly to them. It's not good. You got to take it seriously. And the okay. only and the only reason why it's not like you probably haven't done something maybe fast enough maybe is because it's not German Shepherd, right? You're not like, you know, right, losing right. sleep because your dog is, I mean, a Frenchie bites somebody. And it's like, oh yeah, it's going to suck, but it's not a German Shepherd or a Great Pyrenees or a Rottweiler or something. So that's somewhat of the caveat here to like smaller dogs having these issues so i'm not trying to scare you i'm just saying I'm, one of my mentors told me that one time and i never looked at a dog doing that the same and hopefully mm -hmm. that makes sense to you is the yes, dog totally. small little yorkie tried to bite her she is a female trainer tried to bite her mm -hmm. and she just took the dog and just like just corrected it and made it really unpleasant for the dog doing that behavior and it was a little mm -hmm. uncomfortable but it just that's the type of training she was doing at that time. And so I was like, whoa. But then she's, she's like, she's like, that might have been a hard correction and uncomfortable mm -hmm. for the owners to see. And it really wasn't. They could care less because they were like, this is, we're at our wits end here. Like this dog is going to die if we don't figure it out. She said, if mm -hmm. that dog bit me, it's a, it could be a life sentence for the dog. Even though the dog didn't want to, the dog had no problem with her. It was just because the owner's relationship with the dog ultimately made the dog that way and ultimately could have killed the dog so she took it very seriously and she explained it and she said if he bit me and i had to go to the hospital and report that this dog bit me mm -hmm. that's a problem that could be that that's it could could be deadly or least 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 big on your you know worry list is you get sued or something so anyway i'm gonna re revert back to what i was talking about I'm just letting you know that we got to take it seriously and also under right. also understanding that it's not a healthy behavior and I know that you know that. So so the dog owner was jumping, sorry, the dog was jumping on the dog owner. Get me up, 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 get me up. I'm scared, I'm nervous. And I was literally doing nothing. I was just sitting mm -hmm. there. I'm like, okay, there's a problem. 
So we went out to my training room. I actually have a video of it on my Instagram. You could check it out. Um, so the dog literally was jumping up on his back legs, trying to get up into the, the lap of the mom because he was nervous. Okay. So what I did is I put the slip leash on and this was day two, I think out of three days, but the slip leash on the dog jumped up and I just, I annoyed the dog with corrections. So I didn't pull the dog down. I didn't slam the dog down. I didn't even correct. I just went pop, 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 pop. Like you'd be tapping somebody on the shoulder, right? Mm -hmm. So I went pop, 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 just down. So I didn't hold constant pressure down because it doesn't give the dog an opportunity to make a decision. I'm forcing the dog down, right? So there's a lot of stuff. I'm explaining this to you because it's important when you're going through this. Okay. I did this for about five minutes. I basically, when the dog jumped up, I corrected the dog with that pop, 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 pop. The dog sat. That afternoon, for the very first time, because she ignored the dog, and we gave the dog some sort of consequence or aversive training as the dog jumped up. So we so we made it unpleasant and uncomfortable for the dog to jump up because I basically annoyed the shit out of him. When he jumped up, I went pop, 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 pop. The dog mm-hmm. sat down. That same day, the dog was sleeping with four other dogs in the room with five trainers. And she said it's the very first time not only can she be in a public scenario with her dog while her dog's calm? But we had four other dogs out and five trainers and the dog was sleeping. She saw such fast results and I was so happy for her. We have a video of it. It was remarkable. Okay. Um, so my point is, is if the correction I applied to the dog was ineffective, it wouldn't have worked at all. The dog wouldn't have cared. The dog would have relentlessly said up, 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 up until I don't know. So you have to ask okay. yourself, so, so it was a really good example. And again, you can check it out on my Instagram exactly what I did. So let's say you're with your dog. What's your dog's name again? Oh, Koa, K-O-A. <laughs> K what? K-O-A, it's Koa. Koa, cool. Yeah. What is that, like Hawaiian? Yeah, it's Hawaiian. It means warrior. <laughs> Love it. I'm going to Hawaii <laughs> next week. Excited. Oh, nice. Yeah, so... So let's say you get with your dog and your dog mm-hmm. is is on the slip and you're standing there and then I walk in and your dog lunges. Like mm-hmm. there's, again, there's skill sets that you're going to apply and then there's like intervention of like, I don't, we're correcting this. This is not happening, right? Okay. And they meet each other once the dog goes out of communication. So once, so I walk in Normally what we would do, you say, hey, my dog doesn't, like, let's just start here. Maybe my dog doesn't like new people. Fine. Whatever. At the very least, let's just say that. If it's protective, whatever. Who knows? Then what you would say is go to your bed. And then that wouldn't work because you don't have that, right? But let's say you did. So you'd say go to your bed. The dog would go to their bed and you'd say stay. The dog would stay there. Now I can come into the home, sit down, whatever. The dog is still in a stay. I know and you know, we, you don't have those skill sets just yet, although these are the types of things that you'll have to have in order to be successful in the very beginning. So let's just okay. rewind a little bit. This is one, there's two, think about it as a road, okay? You come up to a road, there's a split. We're talking about one side of the split, okay? The other side of the split we'll talk about in a moment. So once you have the obedience to counter with, Somebody comes in, 
you say go to your place, the dog goes to their place, and you say stay. Right now, you would be doing that with just the leash on the dog as I'm there. So you would give the dog, you would put the dog on the leash, not giving the dog ultimate freedom, and you'd be working on the place stay or the bed stay or whatever you want to call it. And this is something that you would have to work on before I even got there for weeks or a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everyone makes the mistake of, I don't have the skills. My dog hasn't practiced the skills. We haven't gone through the routine or the steps yet, but we're going to try to work on these things during the real game. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. Thank you. That's how funny it is to me too. A hundred percent. That's literally what it is. I would have totally done that if you didn't say, if you didn't say, yeah. No, I'm... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> truthfully i am very relieved you have this uh reaction because that's exa- honestly if i could just do that when people tell me what they do they would know how crazy it sounds as well because that's exactly what i think in my head i'm like wait a minute so you've never ridden a bike before but you just entered the tour de france you're gonna fail a hundred percent and i'm gonna laugh right because it's like that is crazy like you were jumping way off the deep end here so Think about that. So there's the skill sets of, I could say, hey, what do you want your dog to do differently? I don't want him to run in the door. I don't want, and this, this, work, this works both ways. Even if you had a very friendly, overly excited, whatever, I mean, you, uh-huh. ha- you have a two-year-old and they're going to have friends and it's going to be this thing and they may not like j- dogs jumping on them and so on and so forth. My, my son's, a, he's a little over a year and a half and my, my dog right now is. A- Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At a point where she just whacks it wax him in the face with her tail because she's at that height mm-hmm. i constantly have to tell her to go to her bed because he won't even walk down the hallway because he's like uh, and i don't blame him so my point is is mm-hmm. you have to have the skill sets a to start with okay. with countering this you can't just stop it again hey tom i want my dog to stop pulling on the leash well, unless your dog ages 10 years overnight and decides to just be lethargic out for walks, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're not just going to stop something. It's not like a mechanic just stops the stops the thing, right? It doesn't you can't just fix it. So gotcha. That's the first thing you have to work on. Ask yourself and audit as a family, what do we want our dog to do alternatively? And then you ask yourself, what are the things that we what are the skill sets that we need to do in order to achieve those goals okay so just to make it generalized it would be the send away to a location a place command or a bed and it would be a stay now there's levels one two and three like we talked about of those things and if you have a level three type of obedience with a dog that would mean ding dong your dog goes bark 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 somebody's here and you say go to your bed the dog goes to their bed you say down you say stay, you open the door, you do whatever you want to do. Okay. You don't have that yet, so don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. But ultimately, like when you get to that black belt level, that's what that should look like. Gotcha. But you have to work and to I, that. I have a question. With, um, with say, something like 
like with Koa, if it's like an insecure thing, um, lack of skill set, um, would doing this help him build confidence or and like repress that yes. anxiety or? Yes. So so think about again, kind of the dog I was talking about before on the owner is he was uh -huh. so obsessed with getting into the lap of the owner because he couldn't handle life. And the moment mm -hmm. that, A, I corrected him for saying, hey, we're not going to do this anymore. I'm making it easier on him. Because if she just ignored him, we would have been there for three days until he just gave up. So I just made it super gotcha. easy. So Because I have a very small period of time to work with a dog. And if I can do it effectively, then I'm going to try to expedite it. And that's what I did. So he jumps up. I said, you ignore him. So that's what we call negative punishment. So... Okay. Negative in dog training has been manipulated by marketeers like crazy. So negative is just taking something away. So he jumps up. He wants attention. I say, don't give him attention. So we'd remove that. Now, if we would have done that, it would have taken a very long, it would have taken more time. But then I added punishment as well. So I just used the leash. Pop, 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 pop. Corrected him. He got off. So he's like, jumping sucks. Mom doesn't give me attention anymore. So for the, vi so this is, this is your answer. So for the very first time, he was, he was by himself and he made a decision. And I'm not kidding you. We have it on film. It's going to come out on YouTube, I think, this week. He literally went onto okay. his bed, turned up and curled up and slept. That was it. And she was, like, she was like, holy shit, this is crazy. I go, it's not <laughs> really crazy. You literally were enabling him his whole life. So for you, if you don't, mm -hmm. if you don't, like, somebody comes in, he goes, what do we do? <gasps> Somebody's here. And so going back to like, the type of potential resource guarding that you may be dealing with, like we can call it resource guarding because it looks more like resource guarding than it does bad behavior. If mm -hmm. he's like, you don't know what you're doing. I got this because you're in, you're, you're explaining that to him. Somebody comes to the door and you don't do, you don't know what to do. So this is what normally it does. No, stop. Don't get down off. Leave it up. Yeah. Come on in. No, stop. Don't. And it's like this whole thing. And so, yeah. so it unravels really quickly where he's like you don't know what you're doing we haven't practiced this yet and now uh, i'm now okay. i'm ner yeah now i'm nervous now i'm insecure help me help me help me so he's okay he comes in and he so sometimes what it looks like and i don't want to say this is what's going on but it could be right. sometimes what it looks like is somebody comes in he goes they don't know what they're doing i got this happens more often than not that's why okay. that's why it takes me so like when I go in and I work with shelter dogs who have been in the shelter for 300 to 500 days, but they've mm -hmm. never been corrected for the behavior that they're doing. They literally have been taught for years to come out on the leash and do all the bad shit. And not one person has stepped up to be like, don't. The, I have okay. taken dogs that have been in the shelter for two to three years, corrected them once, and they completely stopped doing the thing. Only because, mm -hmm. so again, going back to your correction is the slip leash may not be fit right the slip leash may not be correct so let's go back to that two-way street that we talked about that okay. fork in the road so there's two things you're going to do the one of them is the skill sets of somebody comes into your space doesn't matter if you're out having coffee with your family and your dog's getting nervous about somebody approaching or you're in your house sitting on the couch in your pajamas watching a movie like it doesn't matter what you're doing you should have the skill sets to Dismount, dismantle a situation. Does that make okay. sense? Yes. Okay. Now the other side to that is, let's say I walk into your house, your dog lunges at me and is at the end of the mm -hmm. leash. Okay. 
that is when you go into intervention of like, we're just correcting this. There's no skill sets right here at this point. Okay, gotcha. We're correcting that behavior immediately. Like that's, we're shutting that down. Nope, we're not doing that. Then you can switch right back to the other road and say, go to your bed. You can immediately toggle between those two things in order to help that situation. So at no point in time should you, unless it's warranted, like somebody breaks into your house, which is, you know, hopefully not likely, but, you know, somebody comes into your house and it's like your sister, your brother, your friend, your neighbor. Hey, how's it going? Your dog's like, I'm going to kill you. Like that's, (laughs) that's where you would immediately correct that behavior because it's deadly. Remember, it's deadly to them, but it's also like, it's also a devastating way to live for a dog. Gotcha. So the intervention would still be um, like, correct. The, would it still be the, the correction, like popping the, the collar? Yeah, it would be, okay. yeah, it would be popping the, but you have to ask yourself and again, kind of audit the situation and say like, yeah, it's going to be popping the collar, but it's also one of those situations that if it's, if, if the correction is not effective, you have to be able to then toggle to something else. You have to be able to okay. move. So many dog owners sit in the same sequence and they try to get better and better. It'd be like going to some sort of class and you're like, I, I want to get better at this. And you just never do because you're not getting, you're, you're, you don't understand like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. It's not going to happen. Right. So, mm-hmm. so somebody comes in and you say, leave it and you pop the collar and your dog flips you off and says, don't talk to me. Don't try to correct me as they're flipping you off and then turn around and try to still bite the person. That's ultimately mm-hmm. what's happening which that tells you like at that point, it's not about skill sets. It's not about how the dog feels like it's your responsibility to make it evidently clear to that particular dog that what they're doing is inappropriate and you want to make it as unpleasant as humanly possible, ethically, of course, to Mm -hmm. make sure that they know that's not going to work. So think about it like a graph. They start to come up like, like a line graph starts to rise up. You're trying to correct the dog and, and, get them out of that state of mind so then you can move to skill sets. They go, hey, somebody's here. Knock it off. Leave it. Oh, sorry. Place. Okay. Down. Stay. Okay. So two things. You stop the problem at that moment, right? That's the thing on the outside. Mm -hmm. But going back to your question earlier about will it change the way the dog feels, absolutely could because that's what happened with this one small dog just this last weekend. And I've done it hundreds of times before. Where the problem is, is because the dog doesn't feel like you have control, because frankly, you do not right now, it perpetuates and gets worse. So when you correct the dog assertively and say, hey, quit the shit, we're not doing this, end this right now, and it's not, and it's effective enough to stop them in their tracks, then they go, oh, you got this, basically? And you're like, yeah, I got this, like, go, go lay down. That will start really helping them understand the process a lot better. Because oh, okay. that's, so the re- that's, that's, that's the reason why sorry. they're doing it. Okay. Because so some, he, he won't think like, oh, oh my gosh, like what is like, what is she doing to me? He'll be like, oh, okay. Like you got this. Like I can chill out now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's, I, I think it's, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, again, you have to uh-huh. look at the end goal here. Like, what are we trying to do? You're trying okay. to, you're trying to get, you're trying to get through to the dog. And you're not going to be able to, so the dog comes at the end of the leash and says, I'm going to bite you. Let me at you. Like I'm trying to actually mm-hmm. hurt you. 
you have to get through to them so they so you can communicate to them. So one of the misconceptions about correcting, I mean, the cor- correcting a dog in general, if you look at the definition of correcting, is to clarify and, and to correct to something. So something wrong to correct to something right. So mm-hmm. dog lunges and goes at the end of the leash. You correct it. The dog stops. You then revert back to skill sets. Okay, now that that's okay. over, this is what we're going to do. And the dog's like, this is way better. I get food. I get payments. It's not stressful. I, there's no aversion here. This is amazing. So you're just uh, okay. you're just trying to th- you're just trying to help the dog through the process. It's just like with parenting. It's just like with a child. Like if they're like if they go and take your phone and put it into the trash and you say, hey, no, that doesn't go in there. And they're like that that was uncomfortable for them. Like they remember that experience. Like that's the point of it. Like there's an aversion to that. They're like, what I just did was stressful. Mom, dad yelled at me at that point. And because they're human beings, all we need to do is raise our voice. And it's usually enough for them to, it's usually enough to be effective to the to the human. And it's not mm-hmm. to a point where we're screaming. But we're like, hey, no, that doesn't go in there. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh man, sorry, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as their abilities to communicate, you can then say in the future, it doesn't go in there because of these reasons and it goes over here and like whatever. But like right now with your dog, you don't have those skill sets to say, I want you to do this alternatively. So instead of, hey, don't put mommy's phone in the garbage because it's yucky and the kid's going to be like, I know what yucky is. I know what mm-hmm. it is. Bring it to mommy and say, oh, I know what that is. So you can counter with all these all these communicational skills that you have. But right now, you might not have the communicational skills to apply with your dog. So it's okay to go straight into intervention when it's dangerous. Like okay. if I'm walking with a dog and my dog explodes to try to rip somebody's throat out, I'm not going to be like, okay. how does the dog feel? I don't give a shit how the dog <laughs> feels. The dog is getting the dog is getting corrected immediately for that behavior because they're a danger to themselves because if they actually make contact, they're going to die and I'm going to get sued and the person's going to get hurt. So we don't talk gotcha. about the emotion during these realistic times but mm-hmm. as you're realistic means like when somebody comes over you're not going to look at your dog and go i wonder why my dog's doing this it's it's stressful it's chaotic you correct it you end it no we're not doing that and then your dog looks mm-hmm. at you and then you say go to your bed and stay and you're mm-hmm. you're 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 tacking on positive reinforcement to teach the dog how to make better decisions so mm-hmm. if they make better yes good place stay and then they they go oh, a, you you know what you're doing. That's a relief. Good. Mm-hmm. B, they actually have something to do instead of react because up until this point, it may not be evident what you want them to do. And C, they would likely much rather get rewarded from you than get corrected from you. So we're teaching them how to handle these situations. So that's okay. like that's like the bulk of what you're dealing with right now. I would just, and, and there's more to it, right? That's just the very beginning principles that okay. I have been using for 11, 12-ish years right now, specifically on behavior that's been very, very successful, is mm-hmm. approaching it like that to say, hey, in practice, and in it's just unrealistic training, right? Because we can talk about how rewarded my dog gets when I give them food on the place, but the reality is, is when you start going down that hill and things get slippery and the person comes in and shit hits the fan, when your dog lunges at the end of the leash and starts barking and reacting, you have to be able to switch gears instead of going, hey, place, 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 A, 
you're letting the dog know very clearly that you have no idea what you're doing and you're enabling the unravel, you know? Okay. And B, the dog is not the dog is not getting better in understanding in what you want. So you just have to be able to toggle between those two things in the beginning. I would okay. most likely say that the correction from the slip is not a punitive is not at a punitive level that your dog actually cares about. Gotcha. Okay. Um so what would be like the the next step for that? Um okay, two things. So, I'm going to give you a kind of a roadmap here. Um it's hard for me to say, A, because there's many, many people out there that have the proper equipment to do the job, but they're doing it wrong. So you can show up to the job site and say, oh, this power drill sucks. And I'm like, brr, brr, works great for me. Like, you know, and I can be like, you're just doing it wrong. So um, likely a little bit of both. Um, so the timing of the correction and how you're actually correcting the dog and what you're correcting it with matters. Um, I think what I would recommend is getting a Starmark plastic pinch collar. So okay. uh, you can get them on Chewy and Amazon. They're like 11 bucks or something. And uh, so it's called just Starmark, exactly how it sounds, like the person mark and star before that. So Starmark. Okay. There's two sizes. They're small and large. Just get a small, obviously, for the Frenchie. And what mm. you would do is you would you would, uh, you would would make it small enough so you can take uh, links out to make it small enough to fit the dog's neck. And then you're going to put that high-end snug right behind the dog's neck. Um, and as you're working on this, you're basically trying to shut down the bad behavior. You're not trying to shut down the dog. You're just trying to shut down the bad behavior. Just because you okay. tell your kid no when they're doing something wrong doesn't mean that the kid is shut down, right? That means you mm -hmm. shut down the behavior, not their whole psychological ability to feel and think and have emotions right because they're humans mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're shutting down the behavior i have to say this just because it, you're going to read online oh um correcting a dog will shut uh shut a dog down you're like yeah that's what tom said no no <laughs> we're, sh we're shutting down a behavior <laughs> right so we're like this is not acceptable we are not doing this you're causing mm -hmm an unbelievable amount of stress and it's dangerous so we're shutting this down when you react leave it making it punitive enough where the dog actually punitive at this point is just there has to be some level of consequence that the dog understands respects follows and and and, and follows basically follows is, is a good way to put it but it's just like with human psychology as well. When we get a dog or we get a human into a scenario and they're thinking about the risk over the reward. And if they make the decision to say the reward is more than the risk, then they likely, you know, break laws and do these things, right? Oh, if I go rob a bank, you know, uh, I'll probably spend the rest mm -hmm. of jail, time in jail. I'm not going to do that. So, so you have to just make sure that it's effective. But again, with that being said, there's like a caveat to that, to making sure that I can, I can tell you how to get all these different tools and stuff, but if you're not doing it right, it's not going to matter, but then you have to right. be able to switch gears into your skills. So you should be working on the place command and the stay. So okay. the place is, do you have that yet? I mean, did they do that in that boarding train? Yeah, I have a little raised uh, bed Perfect. for him. Do that. So you, okay. so let's say somebody's coming, you could do this tonight, tomorrow, somebody's okay. coming over. You're going to get your food out, whatever your dog's motivated by, if they're motivated by anything, likely food. And mm -hmm. you're going to say, place, the dog is going to go to their place. You're going to pay the dog, good place. And then you're going to break the dog, okay? okay. Um, you're going to do this. The dog is not to get off the place until you say so. So again, going back to your relationship, 
this is something, again, the small dog that I worked with this past weekend did. We said, I taught her, put her, her dog didn't know anything. We put the dog in a place. The dog walked off. I said, nope, mm-hmm. you, you, it has to be on your terms. And I said, not only does it have to be on your terms to complete the place stay, because that's just technically what it is, but you don't want your dog to say, oh, look at the time I'm gone. Because if you allow them to walk off on their terms randomly, there's without a doubt 100% that if somebody walks into that house, you are not in their mind. They are gone. They're not looking at you to say, they're not going to look at you and go, is this okay? Can I? You don't have that. That, That's like, that's the relationship problem that you have is because of the lack of boundaries that you've set. When your dog wants to do something, they don't even think if you're around or in the room, they just do it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And you're probably like, yeah, that's, that's us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So, so start, start by creating boundaries because you're going to start strengthening your overall relationship with your dog by doing that. And that is exactly what we're talking about. You say place, the dog's like, yeah, I know how to get my four paws on here. And they're like, yeah, I'm out of here. And you stop the dog and you correct the dog. So remember, correction is basically stopping the dog from doing what they want to do, right? So you're you're like, nope, that's incorrect. So you're okay. using your leash to pop the collar and say that's incorrect. And the dog tries to get off. Nope, incorrect. And then the moment you feel like the time or the duration the dog's been into the place is a successful time duration, you'd say, okay, break. And then you'd break the dog out on your terms. So the dog's going to start going, oh, I have to do things when you say, yup. That's how that okay. goes. So, so, yeah. Um, so let's say I have them, let's say like we build up to like 30 or 40 minutes. Um, and then would it... 40 minutes of what? What I need uh, of him being on his bed, like in a stay. I'm glad you that... said that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Don't do that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Don't do that. So what you would do is you would, instead of that, what you would do is you would do small increments. So again, this is exactly what we were talking about earlier. My dog doesn't know place stay that well. Don't work on 40 minutes. Work on it for 30 seconds and then a break. So y- your goal is to find your threshold. So... Let's say I was like, hey, let's go out for a run. And you're, I'm like, how long can you run? You're like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay. And I time you. You're like, yeah, I'm done. I'm like, okay, a mile and a half. That's your threshold. Like that's your, mm-hmm. you, does that make sense? So it's, a, it's, the same, yeah. it's the same thing with your dog. You're going to go place, good place, stay, one, two, three, four, five, break. You're going to break the dog off. And you're just going to keep building up until you find those thresholds. Um, so don't try to do a 45 cause you're going to call me like, Tom, I did the place and stay. And, um, it, it was terrible. You know, I had, so make sure that the place and stay is something that you're working on in, in increments. Okay. Don't do it for that long. Do it for five seconds, break 10 seconds, break until you find your duration and just keep building up. Gotcha. Okay. And how many times should I be practicing a day with him? Good question. In all, I would yeah. do I would do the duration of the whole sequence for like fifteen yeah. minutes. I wouldn't do it for okay. yeah. 
Yeah. So do it for like 15 minutes and then break and then go, go back. And you're going to build it up. And then you start building distractions, right? So take that piece of food or that ball your dog loves, place, stay, take it, throw it on, throw it on the ground. Your dog is going to go, ooh, I want that, and chase it. You're going to correct the dog. No. I tell you, place, and then break. Okay. Not just, Wait. you know, just letting the dog break. So you test gotcha. the dog. So you're testing. Because that piece of food, that piece of beef liver that you threw out in front of the dog is the person. If you like, Think about it like that. If you took a piece of food, your dog's favorite piece of food, you knew it, they knew what it was, you threw mm-hmm. it on the ground in front of them and they got off. There's no way you're going to be able to do this if somebody comes into the house because that's uh, 16 okay. times higher value than that piece of food. So those are the types of things that you're going to be doing in the beginning is testing your dog and testing your dog and testing your dog and testing your dog to make sure that you're very successful with with how you're doing this. And that's that's just the name of the game. You just keep getting better and better. So there's a threshold, right? So right now, if you basically didn't have the place, somebody came over, your dog go, you don't have a good correction. You don't have good skill sets. That's why you are where you are. Frankly, you do not have the skill sets to be successful. And the your dog reacting and doing bad decisions and doing bad things, you don't have the ability to break that. Gotcha. You're just holding on. No, no, stop. Leave it, leave it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So you have to just be more efficient and effective with what you're doing. Okay, gotcha. This makes a lot more sense. Good. <laughs> then, yeah. Because you're gonna stay there. You're gonna. St- unfortunately, that's what dog owners do. They stay there, and 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 it's. It's kind of exciting because now you're like, oh, that's why I'm there. You're not like, I didn't, yeah. I didn't give you any crazy like things. I just gave you the facts of why you're not being successful and progressing is because you're lacking these principles, right? So mm-hmm. I just want to understand like everybody out there has different teaching styles. They have different ways they share information. So anybody that you've worked with or talked to on a professional level before maybe giving you some information and stuff, but it's not what you needed, right? And so right. I think that this like helps you clarify what the problems are and the reason why you're not progressing, which is the most important thing. If um so like if I'm like doing everything very like following it to a T um with progress, should I be able to like notice a difference within yes. two weeks? Yes. Or Okay, so I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely keep track of everything too, and then maybe have another phone call with you. Yeah. So the other thing I was gonna say is I do a more, uh, I do an online, like interactive training program as well, where you actually. Okay. So the next step, if you were to say, "Hey Tom, I, it'd be nice to just work with you because it makes sense or whatever," you can sign up for that, and you literally send me the footage of what you're doing at your own discretion and when you want and then I'm able to then see what you're doing and send you footage back and help you through the process and you can ask me questions oh, along the way. Okay. Yeah. So that's, Okay, I love that. Yeah, it's easy. Um you can do it from home. You don't have to like sign up for training because honestly dog training is coaching. And there are like out of all the dogs that I work, 
maybe one out of 50 I'll actually have to handle. Like very rarely do I have to handle a dog. It's all coaching. That's what it should be anyway. So you can go on my website and find, we have a 30 day program. We have a 90 day program. And so you send me the footage as much as you want. And then we go, I send you the footage back once a week and then we go live once a week. And okay. it's kind of like, I don't, th- I don't throw it out there super much cause we don't want 45 people in there. Uh, well we, d- I just wouldn't be able to do that. So we have like four or five, you know, on our rotation. It's really nice. People mm-hmm. see an incredible, like we get, we get better testimonials from that program than any other training system we've done because they send me what they're doing and I'm immediately able to pull off 20, you know, 10 to 20 things that they're doing wrong. And we see such fast changes because everything you're doing wrong is so easy for me to cherry pick. It's low hanging fruit. I'm like, bink, 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 bink. So anyway. Okay. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. This was extremely helpful. Definitely like shined a light on the whole situation. Okay, sweet. No problem. I'm glad. I'm help. I'm I'm happy that that uh, is informative and helpful. And then yeah, you can go to my website and check that stuff out. But um, that would be the next step. But yeah, you just you have to start with that like real split there. Okay, do I have the skill sets to handle this? And then do I have the ability to snap my dog out of this state of mind when they're in it? And That's the, I mean, that's not the only step. That's not the end all, but that's a very good place to start because the amount of dogs I've been able to work with that has been successful with that system is, is pretty high because it's not real. They don't want to do it. They, they don't like to do it. Like if you and your son were out of the house and your dog knew it, and then I walked in and your dog didn't react, that's likely like they're like, it may not be as prominent with you not around, which tells you that it's subjective to you and your environment being there, you being present. So you're the only, Uh, you're the only one that can really change it because your dog's, your dog's relationship and perception of you and your, your son at this point is to the point Mm -hmm. where your dog's like, if somebody, and I've seen, I can't, I can't tell you how many times dogs have looked like they want to kill me when they're in the hands of the owner and I take the dog and I walk away and the dog wags their tail and licks me. So is that like, um, that's what happens to him at the, with my dog sitter. It's like the second we leave, he doesn't try any of the normal, normal stuff with her that he does when we're around. Yep. So it's because of you. So that's just a direct okay. correlation with like, my point is, is it's not real. So when we have dogs who actually want to hurt other people because they don't like them, this is a, uh-huh. remember I told you like it can be really dangerous. Um, this is a you problem. That's okay. why I like the coaching is really helpful because you can send me the stuff and I can say, or even this, this is a great first start where you're like, this is what's happening. And I'm able to like break it down in a way that's like, this is actually what's happening. And so you got to remember if your dog is acting one way with like my, my son's doing it right now. I'm sure you might be seeing it too with grandparents. Like my son is, is, is behaves differently with my, my in-laws or my mom and dad, because they're easier to be like, yeah, sure. You want to yell and scream? I'll give you what you want. And we're, we're like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> so yeah. the, behavior, the behavior is different, right? So it's the same thing. Gotcha. Okay. And then one last question before sure. um, before you leave uh, is, so with my in-laws, they come over every day um, for uh, for now since I know that like he doesn't know uh, staying down very well. Um, what should I do in the meantime? Should I still have him practice while they're here? 
or should I put them in his X pen when they're here? I, my honest answer is just put the dog away entirely. Okay. Unless you're ready to work on it. Gotcha. You put him okay. in the you put him in the X pen. He's gonna misbehave the whole time, and you're gonna you're gonna not be able to not help yourself to say something. It's not gonna mean anything, which is not good. Okay. So your dog's sitting there reacting the X pen. You say, "Hey, knock it off," and they don't stop knocking it off. Well, you're taking steps back. That's not good for your relationship. Gotcha. So n- okay, n- no training is better than bad training. Got it. Okay. Don't show up. Don't show up if you're not ready to actually show up. You know what I mean? You gotta take mm-hmm. it seriously. From this point on, if you want change, you have to anyway. Okay. So I would just say, like, if, if so, until you, he knows it better. Yeah, if you, um, like if if you go outside, let's say this is we're talking about the heel. Like, oh, my dog pulls me all over, and you're like, hey, if if I go pick my son up from the bus stop or whatever with all these other people, like, should I be working on it then? Like, I wouldn't. I would just give your dog a break and let them do whatever the hell they want on the leash because you're not set up to be successful in that scenario. So uh, I see. if your parents come over every day and your dog is overstimulated and you don't have the skill sets, don't then try like you're, you're, that, you're digging yourself a hole. Every, okay. t- every time that you tell your dog to do something that they don't do and you don't hold the dog accountable for it, you're taking significant steps backwards each time. Uh, okay. Gotcha. It's just like with people. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like, oh, I'm going to be there at 8. I show up at 9. I'm going to be there at 8. Show up at 10. I'm be there at 8. Show up at 8.30. Like, no, you're not. I have no confidence in you. What you say and oh, what okay. you do are two different <laughs> things. I do not have confidence in you. You tell me to leave it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You tell me to stop barking? Yeah, okay. You tell me to do this? Yeah, okay. If you want change in your relationship, your voice has to matter oh. with your dog, and right now it does not. Okay. Gotcha. Thank you so much. This was extremely helpful. You're welcome so much. Um, Wish you the best of luck. And uh, thanks for being flexible on my schedule today. Oh, yeah. No worries. And uh, we'll be in touch. I'll I'll sign up for that that course. Cool. Sounds good. All right. All right. Good luck. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. All right. First question comes from Pixie and Todd. Five-star review. Hello. I recently adopted a beagle who's seven years from an animal shelter. He has been a challenge for us adjusting to our lifestyle, and we have changed our lifestyle to adjust for him. We take him on three 30-minute walks per day and have him at a dog park for 25 minutes a day. We live in a one-bedroom apartment with another dog. The issue is this, that he pees right after we take him on the walk or after we discipline him. For example, we'll be jumping on the kitchen he will jump on the kitchen counters and we will can confine him to the bedroom and he pees almost immediately. Any advice? Love your podcast. Thank you. Um, my suggestion is, is when you go outside because he's a beagle, his nose is going to go to the ground and he's going to be too occupied. It's like the kid that's peeing himself in the corner because he can't get off the Xbox. He's too occupied with what he's doing to realize that he isn't, he doesn't have to go pee. So when you get outside, don't give him freedom. Don't move forward. Stay in the same position. Try to go to an unstimulated place. Don't move. Just let him circle and circle and circle until he pees and then move forward. And don't go in until he pees. Like that's just part of training a dog how to pee outside is you do not go back in until they pee because that way you're going to be 100% successful. Let me know how that works. Next one comes from Bay0716, favorite podcast. Thanks, Tom, for all your content. It has been great, helpful for me, for my anxious girl. I was wondering how to not mitigate progress in training by doing everyday activities like walking on the leash. My girl and I are working on the leash pressure and heel at the home, and I still have to walk her every day. So this is where your place comes in. Um, so if you're working 
um, so instead of backtracking, um, what you would do is you would work on the differences and variations of your training. So I always talk about like work and play. So if you're training and you're starting off in any behaviors, healing, placing, any of that stuff, you would start off in a training environment. You would be very structured. You'd be very like, hey, this is what we're doing. And then you'd break the dog. So making sure that you have a break to let your dog know to distinguish between work and play. So if you don't have a break, that's step one. Um, And then when you go outside, just make sure you tell your dog to break. That way they know it's break time. The other thing that you can do because you're using the slip leash and stuff is you could be using uh, a different piece of equipment as well. So you could be putting your dog in a harness and then a f- and on a long line um, or a flat collar or martingale and then letting your dog out and just having different equipment changes because your dog still needs the walk, still needs the exercise, but because they're, you know, air quotes, breaking the heel constantly as you're trying to also work on the heel, you have to separate these two things as much as you can. And a lot of times it's equipment, it's verbal cues, and it's environments. Start there. Mads58393. Tom's content saved my relationship with my dog. Five-star review. Incredible podcast and great content on all platforms. Well, thank you so much. Um, I think this is just a really kind review. So thank you so much um, for this. I really do appreciate it if you guys know. Um, every single day I wake up and I think that everything's going to be taken from me, which is why I work so hard. Um, it's a blessing and a curse. I think it's something that's just in me. Um, I'm never slowing down for that reason. It's kind of scary. It's like, no matter how content I might actually be or, or comfortable, I might actually be, there's always this constant thing in the back of my head that says, if you don't work today, everything's gone. And so having this, um, (laughs) having these, uh, reviews as, as, as fuel to the flames is really, really nice. So Tom's work is transformative. And if you implement it correctly, I'm an advocate of the no bad dog movement to all my friend who have gotten new dogs. And I try to provide information and balance. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. I appreciate it. It never gets, uh, I just love it. So thank you. It's, it's fuel, it's encouragement, it's motivating. Lisa K76, Tom, you're an amazing person. Thank you for all the content you provided. It's truly helped me along time saint owner that i thought that you had to breed down until my most recent travel maker most importantly awesome need the trainers at my level help this show this is thank you so much lisa appreciate it all right we're going to end it right there uh next week i'll get it or sorry next podcast which will be probably tomorrow um or no wednesday i'm trying to get back on my grind mondays and wednesdays um you guys i'll answer three more or maybe more so thank you guys so much i appreciate you for listening um thank you thank you thank you for all the support and i'll talk to you next time You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.